Hello and welcome. This is, I could say, Spotlight On, Spotlight On, the 2017 Awards. Yes, we have the award show going, Reggie. Here we go. I'll let you finish. I'm doing a little award show. This is why it's going to take two hours to do this, he said. You have no preamble for the people? None. There's no warm-up monologue? There is none. There's Did nothing you know? this year. I'll tell you, this you is a very disappointing year, uh, and I really didn't even want an award show. There, there you go. There's my preamble oh. uh, deal because <laughs> basically, <laughs> for the most part, every year we do this, I usually have to pick, and I, Eric said the same thing. We usually struggle to figure out what we're going to do, uh, what we're going to pick as our you know recipients, and mainly it's because we have to narrow it down with a bunch of things, not this year. I actually struggled to the point where I just came up with my main votes uh, this you, evening right before we did this, and we were even going to record it. Last week, you're complaining that you have to pick a few a few categories and yep. make your cursor dance around the Google Doc like some kind yep. of fancy uh, flamenco dancing lass. Yeah. Okay. I had to I had to rent the venue. Yeah. I had to rent the tickets. You made, did you make potato salad? Is that I what had you made? The potato salad no. and the sleeve sandwiches. Yeah, that's I like the sleeve sandwiches, but yeah, I, I actually think that this was a struggle this year. Um, I thought last year the struggle was actually so trying to decide. Eight category. We just we cut it off at eight. We, so that's yeah. it. We can't pick any more. No, last to- year we had like seven million, and the year before it was it even is, worse. Yeah. But last year when we went to pick the awards, the problem I had was that we had that weird divide between if I should pick things that were rebirth because rebirth was about half that year. So we yeah. had that issue where I think Eric was – a lot of his awards came from the Dark Side War from the sure end of the New 52 uh, and things like that. Um, this year, we don't have that problem. My problem is is a lot of books were not that great, and I had the problem of trying to pick a clear-cut winner of any of these categories was really tough because even a lot of the things and even where you're going to hear some of my awards, I kind of have to say, well, I picked this because of that, and well, I, I struggle. It's no longer a best of list. It's a what was less mediocre well, yeah. than the others list. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of best of. that's no, kind of what yeah things are relative to each other. They that's, are that's the point of this list. So you can always even if all of them sucked, you pick the There's least. There's something sucked. yeah that least sucked. Now I I do think that most of the things at least I picked and what you picked Reggie and what Eric picked we do like. It's not like mm-hmm. but really. To me, once you get past the idea that everybody else in God's creation is giving Mr. Miracle Book of the Year and I hated it, now I have a lot of trouble picking an award because there isn't a clear-cut winner. And that's my whole yeah. – that's kind of my concept of this. You will not hear me say at all that Mr. Miracle is my favorite book. So if that's what you came to hear, like you hear every other podcaster's site, I think you should probably turn this off now and curse my name and Reggie's and Eric's because you're not going to hear that uh, because – these are actually legitimate Man, you picks don't know that what we my think. List is. Oh, I know your <laughs> list. If you give it that, I, I'd be very shocked. But we're going to start, and as we do, we are going to do uh, basically, I'll spell it out letterer, colorist, inker, penciler, writer, book of the year, best issue of the year, and biggest moment of the year. And then within those, we are going to have listener picks that we did have a poll up on uh, Survey Monkey where people pick their things too. And we're going to do that. And at the end, I will read off a lot of people's biggest moment and then end the podcast with what they say they want most 
from 2018. But we're going to start right now with the letter. And I know that if you have been keeping score at home, you will know that I have officially called the letter award the Pat Brousseau Award. And that <laughs> is because basically when we started the site, we did not have the letter listed in our art credits. And Pat Brousseau called us out on that. And I like, said, you know hey, what? He actually the changed the game. Yeah, he did. He changed the game. So I said that no matter how long we go, I was going to pick Pat Brousseau as my winner of the award, as a honor of what he did. I'm not going with that this year. I have to what go with the, I have to go with my man, Sal Cipriano. And the reason why I go with Sal Cipriano, who is mainly the letter on Detective Comics, is his name and the fact that we have made up a fake family for him has given me and Eric hey. a lot of fun. Him and his sexy brother Simon have really he given a lot us of fonts too in that book, though. Everyone, yes, a lot he of people does. Talk at weird uh, balloons and uh, different yeah. fonts. Well, so you have Clayface has his own font. That's why I'm sure. telling you, he also is a very good letter. Also, that we recently learned that also gave him a little bit of a credit here, a little bit of a push, is that him and his son go on YouTube and do transform. Transformers toy reviews and really awesome. that is awesome Thanks. so i am going to give sal cipriano my award and now as far as i'm concerned he is now the sexy brother not his brother simon who may or may <laughs> hey, not be real hey well what i'm not the sexy brother anymore but yes i'm going to go on now wow. eric who are your who is your letter of the year well that's the thing is whenever we talk about this category each and every year it's a set I never really take specific notice to letterers. They're not something Ooh. that really like strikes. But I'm telling you, they have an important job, and they have to, you know, convey a lot of different stuff. They have different dialogue balloons and like bubbles and fonts and colors and all this different shit. I really don't know what goes into it, though. Like how how tough the job is. So it's something that I never really think of. And because of this aspect, when I you do read comics, I barely even look at the letter. I have to give it to Sal Cipriano too because I know that letter has given me a yes. lot of joy in my life. He's given because us I so can talk much. about him and his sexy brother. Hey, uh, sexy so basically, brother. Sal Cipriano has now won two of the letter awards, mainly because of something we made up in our mind exactly. and have a lot of giggles about. Because he has I mean, a cool what, name, but he does know, what, do. Reggie is saying it though. Is that uh, is that if the letterer does his job correctly or her job correctly, you don't notice it. It's only are when they they suck that it stands out. Are you telling uh, me it's like a, a baseball umpire? Is that what you're telling me, Reggie? That as long no, as he no. does his job, you don't pay attention to him. That is true, though. Uh, yeah, it is and, some, yeah, but it, it's it's more like you know uh, you know the the guy that's uh, driving the city bus. You know, you don't okay. give him an applause until he for, crashes. Uh, drunk. Not crashing, but when he crashes. And now he's drunk. suddenly you're smelling his breath and you're finding out. You and out I that, ride yes. buses really now differently, Reggie. It is problems. <laughs> Reggie, who is your pick for Letter of the Year? Uh, I picked a guy, a real journeyman in D.C. I don't think there's any one book that he does. He seems to do a lot of them. It's Pat Brasso, the man for whom this award is named, not just for his lettering prowess, which is very good. He does a lot of hand lettering, especially on the sound effects. But yes. I do recommend people go check out his Twitter at Droog811. Okay. He's over, there, he's over there giving a lot of instruction about lettering layouts and and teaching the seeds that would be you eric what goes into lettering and what well, it all, all and what, what i'll say is and and it goes back to him uh about the art team on our site i will give him full credit because i'm gonna go to his his deal and to me that's pretty cool that like eric said a lot of people do kind of glance over the letter unfortunately that is the case uh but yet he you know he loves it that, that's his well, it's deal. exactly so, the right I'm also you, when, it's vital you know what i mean like yeah. hey, you can't you can't have the comic without that 
Exactly. No. And I'm telling you, if you like you said though, you have no idea, you don't think about the guy unless they fuck him. But hey, look at this fuck over here. He forgot a letter yeah. in between here. It doesn't make any goddamn sense anymore. They always do the job properly and you know, that's the thing is and even if they don't, still in my mind, oh it's a letter. I'm still not gonna go back to wherever the credits page is and look at it, but they have a very important job and we should all respect the letters for it. Well, right now as we speak, I am on his page on Twitter, and he does follow us. And I have now uh, retweeted a thing that he put of him lettering the uh, a panel of Manifest Destiny and Look showing people how to do that. So, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. And I do like it. Right. I, I'm not – and me saying what I said is no insult because this is basically why I said one of the things that I hope comes across with just us doing a podcast is, again – this is what we want to do. We're, we don't have any other ambitions. You know, I do not think I'm going to be a Hollywood star from doing this or on hey, CNN or anything. I want to do this podcast, so I think there's something to that of being excited to do what you do. So that's pretty cool. Keep doing what you're doing, Pat Rousseau. But yes, there so, you go. There that's you go. Good. We're going to move on to the next category, which is the colorist of the year. And we're going to start with Eric Shea. My colors of the year goes to Veronica Gandini for her work on uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws because, like, you know, I'm telling you, that's the entire, like, you know, team right there is Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandini. And while Dexter Soy brings a lot to the book with the pencil, I think it wouldn't look half as good without Veronica's coloring on top of it. This makes everything pop the way it should. So I'm telling you, everybody looks at Dexter Soy like you know, when they talk about Red Hood and the Outlaws being one of the best-looking books in DC Comics right now. I think half of that is for uh, for Veronica Gandini. I think she should get all the credit in the world for that book as well. Nice. And then, yeah, that, that book does look awesome. What is your pick, Reggie, for Colorist of the Year? You know, there, there are so many uh, colorists at DC, artists at DC that are essentially colorists, you know, when you really look at them. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Stepan Sedgwick and, you know, we'll mention Juan Ferreira. Yeah. But I really had to give it this year to uh, Tamu Mori. I really loved his work, especially with a guy I'm going to mention later on uh, as the penciler. But uh, whenever you see him on on the on the mix, it's like a paintbrush has been uh, dipped in a rainbow and spread Ooh. across the, a a, a uh, roller coaster ride of color. Thank you very oh. much. That's what, I, that's what yes. I would say. So it's Tomo Murray, you say, it's and you do Tomo have Moore, yeah. an honorable mention to Juan Ferreira. I see in the notes, which goes to my pick for colors of the year, and it is Juan Ferreira uh, on Green yeah. Arrow. Uh, I it, people. Obviously, and rightly so, give him tons of credit for his art. His art is great. I'm telling you, I've said it all along. I think that his coloring is even better than his art. I think it's incredible. What was incredible. that one issue that he just colored? What was that? It wasn't Green Arrow. It was, I forget uh, what it, it was. It might have been a Green Lantern or, or yeah, it might have been Aquaman. He's, but, he's awesome. And it was, it was yeah. incredible. His yeah, colors are awesome. And, and also, because of this and, and talking to him, I learned that he doesn't do inks. He does, you know, he has the pencils and colors. And really, to, to have that, usually when you have those big panels, and he does that intricate panel work and things like that, but when mm -hmm. you have big spread pages that he does a lot of, it's just the colors that just freaking pop off of the page, and I, I think that they are incredible, and I do, I, I've said it in the podcast that I, I hope he doesn't think of that as an insult, that I think that his coloring work is even better than his pet's I have a feeling that that is an insult. I think that that's an insult. 
Rumble. But I'm telling you, it's almost like his his pencils are a 10 out of 10. His coloring work is 15 out of 10. It's that good. And it is I would what agree, really. Yeah. I, I love I, when he, he posts that up on his Twitter too when he does his, yeah. his starts with brushwork. It's like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. And really, it's one of those things where every time he's on Green Arrow and I open up the issue, number one, you know right away when it's him. But even when he just does a cover, uh, because that book, you know, jumps around with, with artists. And, but mm-hmm. when, when he's on it and I open it up, it's just like, it, it takes me a bit to just be like, holy shit. Cause I just start paging through and looking at it. Then I got to go back to read it. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, really like his, his colors though. I like his art as well. He so draws I, better I than you though. Oh, he draws way better than me, but we're going to go now. <laughs> Again, I told you this is going to be rapid fire for a bit. Uh, we're going to go next to the inker of the year. And my pick is Jason Paz on Deathstroke. And I think that the Deathstroke book, people do – it's weird. We That's do give book. it a lot of credit on the podcast. Uh, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it in general. I, I really don't. I don't hear a lot of people you know, like on Twitter. It was a instant there where everybody got on the trolley with the book. Yeah. But have since really like you know got back to where it was when it first fell like you – know, they kind of like have moved on from a point because when yeah. it all clicked for us, I think it clicked for a lot of well, other and, people and as that's well. The so thing. they talked about it, but they've kind of fallen yeah, off. And I'm not, I'm not squad. even talking about like we have the people we talk to, we have people who listen to the podcast, we have people in the Get Fresh Crew, beep boop. I'm talking outside of them even where you know books come out yeah. and you have a lot of people on Twitter where you know not involved with us, but like, hey, what are you looking forward to this week? And I rarely see. Deathstroke as as a book that people are that fired up to read. Now, the other thing that I have to say is it usually looks great. There's never really been, but it's like one of those where it, it just – I don't ever hear mention of the right. art. And it's usually Carlo Pegulan. He does awesome art. But I do think – and I went through and looked at a bunch of issues and looked at a bunch of things, and I did look – and the Deathstroke is such a clean style and things like that. And I think that Jason Paz really gives it that with the uh, ink. So that's why I picked him. I think that he deserves uh, all the credit he gets. And I wish that that book would actually get more of a hype around it because of the art. But it, I'll, I'll say it now. The reason why I don't think it gets a lot of hype, it's because Carla Pegula and the whole art team kind of sits back and lets the story tell the deal and lets the right. story be the big, you know, push for that book. But like you said, with, uh, you know, the letter and stuff like that, they almost take an approach with, we're not going to fuck this up. We're going to tell the story. There's not really, I mean, when were you ever like a huge spread page in, in Deathstroke? You don't get that, but that, that team is solid every issue. Uh, so I, I think that they, over there. yeah, that's what it seems. And they, again, they're letting Christopher Priest, be the star of the show and tell the story that way. But yeah, I think that it doesn't get enough credit, but that is Jason Paz on inks. What are you going with Reggie? Well, you know, the inker is an interesting, uh, category. You know, the yeah. great Will, I- Will Eisner said that drawing begins with inking. Oh, gentlemen. And he was wrong. Uh, well, the way he drew, I think he was ah. right, but it depends, it depends what you do. <laughs> that was, but, sense. uh, you know, a couple of people, I do want to give an honorable mention to Sandra Hope, who has done, uh, bits and pieces here and there. She works, uh, I think, solidly on that shade, the Changing Girl. But she does work for DC proper. You'll see her name yeah. pop up, and when she does, you will see like the the artwork just kind of pick up, lilt up a little bit. That she adds a little kick to it. But I really had to give it up to Danny Mickey or M- Mikey Mickey. What is it? I would uh, say Mickey. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it, I would say Mickey, and I would, really would give it up to him for Metal 
okay, the artwork yeah. in there, the intricacy and the moods done, laid out by the blacks in a lot of those pages. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about more of the setting pages, although, you yeah. know, he, he does fine figure work. There's no, nothing wrong with that. But, uh, I think he really, you know, outdid himself on, on metal this year. I was really impressed. So, uh, he's my guy. All right. What are you going with, Eric? My anchor of the year is going to Norm Ratman, who I believe I gave it to last year as well, yeah, because it Norm really Ratman. killed me that I couldn't use the the Titans R team of Brett Booth, Norm Ratman, and Andrew Dollhouse are yeah. one of my favorite teams at DC Comics art wise. You know, for the Titans book, which they primarily do, they did action this week, but mostly they stick to Titans. And I love the way they do all those characters, and I gave I went a different direction this year for how I really appreciated the penciler and the colorist, but I still had to give it to Norm for his work on that book of Titans uh, because. I th- like, while I love Brett Bruce's artwork, I think Norm really just brings it to life with the inks that he yeah. puts out there. Yeah, and I, I said to you, if we actually had an award that was – and it's tough to do a art team award because a lot right. of times guys switch back and forth and you don't have yeah. – they are probably one of the most solid teams, and I really do like them. Well, that's uh, a weird but, thing too because like they are on Action Comics this week where I'm telling you, I love this art team, but I did not like them doing Action Comics. I love yeah. it whenever they do Titans every month. We had a different art team on Titans. I don't know if they're switching things up at DC right now, but – I really love everything they put out in Titans. This week's Action Comics, it just seemed a little weird to me for some yeah. reason. Maybe I'm just not used to it. Well, Maybe they have to warm up to it a little bit. Luckily, so that was 2018. It. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> that that actually comes no, into play was a couple of my things. Hell, though, in that oh, issue. Yeah. Now, now, the other thing is I have to say, because obviously the next deal is the penciler. I have to say that with the colorist, letterer, inker, I, I, it, I'm no expert. Uh, what I'm trying to say is I read comics and mainly, yeah, I can say, oh, that art looks good, but I'm mainly going with the story and things like that. So when I do, uh, there might be somebody who's sitting there and like, Jim doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. What he, and it might be true. And it, unfortunately, that is my main focus or not even focus. It's more of I, I don't know. I don't know the intricacies of the art. And that's something that, you know, I should probably work on a little more. But, yeah. I know what I see and, and I well, like if, it. If, if you gentlemen would like to see and anyone would like to see uh, routine uh, little clips, video clips of an expert inker, you got to follow Gabriel Rodriguez on okay. any social media. He uploads them, I'd say sometimes five, six a day. He's working on this book, Sword of Ages, which I don't know anything about the book, but he shows pencils and like tightening his pencils. He, he obviously works Man. really, and the inking, he really shows you how. The process of laying down the ink is like the most rote, boring. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's 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 all about like making little flecks, making little little pushes with the ink. It's so tedious, but I think it's something interesting for people who don't know about it to see that these fucking things take a long time to make. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I, like I said, I'm no expert in what makes a great inker. Or, you know, I uh, even colorists. I love Juan's colors because I read his book and I look at them and see. I, I just I know I hear a lot of people, you know, can talk more technical about it. And I, I get envious of it. That's all I'm saying. But we're going to move on now to Penciler. And, you know, again, now I, I can say I like what I like, what my eyes <laughs> see. But we're going to start with Eric. Eric, who is your Penciler of the year? My pencil of the year is Dexter Soy because while I'll go on and on and say that Brett Booth, Norm Ratman, and Andrew Dollhouse are my one of my favorite teams at DC Comics, I think that Red Hood and the Outlaws is the best looking book yeah. each and every month that it comes out. And Dexter Soy, like like I said, with Veronica Gandini doing the colors on that book, 
That team right there, I think, is doing a stellar job, and Dexter Soy's art has never made Jason Todd, Bizarro, or Artemis look better than they have in this. It, and as it is a drive, I think Bizarro like, looks awesome with the yeah. awesome. I love it. And that's the greatest part, too, because a lot of times, like, Scott Liddell was getting a lot of shit in the New 52 for the way he was doing, like, Superboy, Teen Titans, and Red Hood and the Outlaws, which he continues to do here. I think consistently, this is one of people's favorite books to go out there. As soon as they try it, like, I like the story, like the yeah. writing, and I really, really, really love the yeah. art. And because of that aspect, they buy that book and they continue buying that book because no matter what, it's going to look great every issue, even if the story is a little fucked up. But yeah. Dexter Soy is my pencil of the year. Well, I am next, and I am going to go with Stepan Sedgwick on Aquaman and the one issue I think it was of Suicide Squad. I think yep. it was at least one issue. And the reason why I'm picking that, that I even was talking to Eric at one point, and I think I even talked to you, Reggie, about it, uh, that Stepan Sedgwick came on Aquaman, and number one, it, it like hit everybody out of nowhere. Like out of nowhere, it was like, holy shit, you got to read this Aquaman that, you know, and I really think that that was the one bit of art with an artist that actually made people actually run to the book and actually check out the Aquaman, even in the Get Fresh Crew. He was where, so suited for that kind yeah. of underwater stuff. And I you know, remember really people who so, weren't even really reading. They really yeah. up the proceedings and, on Aquaman. And people who weren't even reading Aquaman at that point just went nuts and actually, you know, went to read Aquaman because of that. And I don't think that there's any other artist that I can say had such an impact on a book like I saw happened with step on set oh, and also, crazy. yeah people went nuts all of a sudden and uh and it was because it was great it looked awesome now it, the suicide squad issue that he was on also looked awesome everybody in it just looked so good i know i think there was the issue i don't think eric liked his version of killer croc but still right. it was like it, everything was so detailed his but yet also looks like yeah his saw. harley quinn so was awesome that's the thing that I always remember more yeah. than even the Aquaman was that one issue and his Harley Quinn was incredible. And I really, like I said, I don't think that there was that much of an impact by anybody, writer or artist, that I saw that he had when he was on Aquaman. And mainly because I think nobody saw it coming. All of a sudden, out, it of, was nowhere, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. But we were like, what's going on? Holy like, shit, I this looks good. Like Gaga at the beginning of Rebirth for Liam Sharp and the work he was doing yeah, on Wonder Woman, yeah. but that was like, you know, an all new thing where we're going into the like, you know, the new yeah. rebranding of DC Comics yeah, you and were like doing new that. era yep. of stuff that we're getting, but out of nowhere when Stepan Pat Sajak showed up, fucking it just took the world by storm and, the, and by yes. the world I mean some people on yes. Twitter that we talked to. Yeah, and I, I remember like specifically Trevitt went nuts when when that when that issue came out he was just like holy everybody's got to see this and he had already liked and loved the aquaman book oh, yeah. but it really did give it a push for other people to kind of you know oh i gotta see how good this looks and boy it, it was just incredible but yeah what is your pick reggie my pick is rafa sandoval and this goes back to what i said about the colorist it's the two of them together uh worked on a few issues of the green lantern core Talk about uh, it. I don't think the outlaw's going. Yeah. He's on there now, too. I know Rafa Sandoval actually did work uh, at least a, on a few issues of Aquaman. This guy is, uh, you know, it's not his character work is fine also, but it's the backgrounds. It really oh, makes yeah. these super you, I, lush backgrounds that are just such a joy to look at. 
I always get fucking interested when I see the Ethan Van Skyvers on the book, and you the other way. When you see Rafa Sandoval's ever, you get super excited because, yeah, yeah. like, you know, while we all love Ethan, you like Rafa deserves to be on this book and be like, you know, the title person who belongs to be the penciler I, on this I'm book. I'm starting to feel that. I mean, I, it's it's tough because I really do think that the art teams on the Green Lantern core books are really some of the best at DC. Yeah. You know, they they rotate some great guys, so it's not like I really would denigrate any of them. But Rafa Sandoval has really stood out to me this year as as Doing some special. He also got got some good issues for it, where they did a lot of space stuff. Right. You know, if he got if he got the issues where like they have to fart around on Mogo or whatever, maybe I would have felt differently. But uh, real talented guy. Also, just have to give a shout out to Dan Jurgens, who hasn't done a ton of work, but I love when I see his pencils. I just think he's a great artist. I don't necessarily think he's better than anyone else mentioned. I just wanted to. He did a commandi. Don't he, you forget about Daddy don't Boy. Don't forget about Daddy. Yeah, no, I, I love his art. I said I that his art yeah. is so good. Yeah, I said okay. to Eric that I you kind of forget now, you know, with everything that goes on that, you know, he's just more of a writer now. And yeah. you, you do kind of forget. And it's funny. I was going to look because uh, a similar thing happened to you, like you're saying about how Ethan Van Skyver that you actually, you know, prefer on uh, – in the new 52, Cliff Chang was on Wonder Woman, and right. then uh, Goran Suduka or Suzuka uh, came on as a backup artist, and then kept going. And by the end, I actually preferred him over Cliff. Which Chang, is crazy which was for crazy. how much you were talking about how much you loved Cliff. Yeah, I know, and on. it was just that's what it just reminded me. It almost, of, it almost felt like uh, a trailer that point. Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah. When he came on, I was like, but the, like you said with Rafa Sandoval, like you actually are starting to even prefer him. Over a guy it's, who you it's still, and, although you know that recent team of who is that that guy I can't remember his name now Russell Smart yeah, or something like that uh, they just have some great artists in that book yeah. but uh, we are allowed to like two artists guys yeah. but yeah. but that only two well only, okay. I will tell I like you now that <laughs> now we have our first listener pick and the listeners Hooray! the listeners picked our man Juan Ferrer so Juan Ferrer was the listener good. pick for artist of the year we have to give a little shout out since he did draw mm-hmm. us in the book so that that sure gives did. a push uh and it, just to say the top three which was very close it was Juan Ferrer followed by Stepan Sedgwick and then followed by Greg Capullo who for Dark Knights yeah. Metal and it's funny because I think that Greg Capullo kind of gets pushed aside a little because he's only on Metal and it was so delayed so when you think yeah. about it, well, you don't think of him. issues of that in 2017? Yeah, oh, I did Danny yeah. Mickey on this. What does that say? Yeah, So, but you have that. But the other thing that I think that people and, and Eric actually brought it up, I do think, unfortunately, that Nicholas Scott and Liam Sharp kind of get forgotten because they kind of were in Wonder Woman and then it ended around June. And, you know, that was still half the year. But oh, yeah. they also jump back between issues the and two, things the like that. The two of them finish really strong. Oh, and they're awesome. Like, those they're, last they're awesome. Like, four books are crazy. And even Nicholas Scott was, uh, you know, she stopped early and Bilk was several. Yeah, took Bilk over was several. Oh, an amazing okay. job right. as well. Right. Yeah, so I think that sometimes when uh, a team leaves a book at some point and now you're used to, like, you, to me, it is one of the things where you sit there and you think, okay, what books? Lo- what book looks great? Oh, Green Arrow. Oh, Juan Ferreira. And you kind of go that when somebody's thinking and they're like, oh, Wonder Woman, I, I think that unfortunately for this year, you kind of forget about Liam Sharp and Nicholas Scott a bit, though they sure. did get a lot of votes in the listener deal, but I think that and it's more amazing. of what have you done for me lately type of deal uh, that kind of does screw some of the people. But yeah, that is the first of the listener picks. But now we're obviously in the meat and cheese 
of the proceedings here <laughs> because now we're going off to writer of the year. And I am first, and I will tell you that if we would have had this, if we would have recorded this last Friday, I would have had one thing because I did have something else on my list. If we would have done it Saturday, I, I have gone through – probably four or five writers of the year. And basically what I said at the beginning of the podcast kind of goes with this and the book of the year where I sat there and I had a lot of things that I thought about. Like, I'm like, okay, I want to give it to this guy, but boy, he was only on this many issues. And okay, I want to give it to that guy, but you know what? In the middle of the summer, around July, maybe around July 4th, there was a little wonkiness in his book and and stuff like that. So I kept, kind of convincing myself not to have certain writers because of certain things that happen. At at the end here, what I'm going to give you is basically I sat and thought, what book or what writer do I like and what did I give the best score, but also what do I have the best feeling for? And this is out of nowhere because I have talked to Eric about all these different writers I was going to give it. Never mentioned this, but it is one of my favorite writers of all time. And I'm going to give it to Kyle Higgins for Nightwing Ooh. New Order. And nice. again, I really enjoy it. We've only, we haven't even finished the series. We're going to finish the series coming up, but consistently in his Elseworld story, Nightwing New Order, I have really enjoyed his characterizations. I think that he's writing a hell of a book, even when I thought that maybe an issue was more set up or whatever. Never a problem with dialogue, anything. I really enjoy him, so I'm just going to go and give it to him. It's Kyle Higgins' Nightwing New Order. I think he's uh, a great writer, yeah. Yeah, oh, I love him. Uh, again, though, I jumped – I'll tell you, my runner-ups are Gene Luan Yang and Peter Tomasi. Those are my runner-ups, but yeah. even then, I just kind of – Okay, I like this, but it wasn't that, and this and that, and I had problems. But what are you what are you going to give it there? I am going to give my writer of the year to Dan Abnett, and like you, I had a lot of splaining to do because I sat there and I thought to myself over and over again about the things I enjoy, the things I look forward to, and even with that, I had a lot of ups and downs in 2017. But the thing I I ended up going with was just the consistency between a six yeah. and a seven mm-hmm. for Dan Abnett between his books of Aquaman and Titans, where they yeah. aren't the best books in my mind. They're not something that I always like. I, I gotta read this because the story is so over the top and impactful. It's just that he remained consistent through 2017. While not telling the greatest story of all time, he didn't tell the lousiest of all time either. He delivers. He, del- he you don't feel ripped off. You know that's uh, that's all right. And that's the thing. This actually sums up my entire 2017, where. I have to go with what was not just overly bad because Dan Abbott and like he, he, he delivered stories. Like I'm not exactly happy with where Titans are. I think this Aquaman story has gone on a little bit too long, but even with that, they're still at least interesting. And I care about the characters that he's putting out there and what they're doing. I just wish it would be better. But overall, like the other characters, like Peter J. Tomasi, there was a lot of shit thrown out there that like, while I love the first half, like the beginning of 2017, that goddamn uh, road trip story came yeah. out of nowhere. Like, yeah, that's like the said problem. It in July. And those, I hated those goddamn issues. I mean, like I loathe them. So, and even with the, like the continuation where we have, like, I know it's gone into uh 2018 now, but like how how excited I was for the uh, the Super Sons of Tomorrow arc when yeah. it initially started, that has just gone nowhere, and it actually even makes me angry now to think about how just a waste of potential. And this happens with a lot of writers, where everything just kind of fizzles out for how excited I am to begin with, 
and nothing just ever comes of it. Well, but and, Dan and, uh, Abnett yeah. is my lip, is my yeah. pick. And I, I told you at one point that he was getting up there for me as well. And I said when I had Peter Tomasi as mine, that road trip deal, it really threw me off. But it's also that Super Sons, by the end of me just thinking back at the year – uh, I really like the idea of that book. I love yeah. the characters, but yeah. the stories just aren't hitting. They're, they're actually kind of That Cracklow, I really dislike, and yeah. I thought the Kid Amazo well, opening he, arc was just kind of lackluster. Yeah. To, to me, where Dan Abnett, he rides that six and seven on you know his two books, yeah. so, Tomasi has that capacity to hit an eight, but he also has that capacity yeah, to really get the fuck you fives. You know what I mean? Yeah. His concepts are, are really a lot of fun, though. And I, when love he, when ex- I, when I love him. I love him as a well. Writer. And I, I think I think he's better. You know, he's more consistent than that one arc was a piece of crap. The more recent one, yeah. which again would be happening uh, in 2018. But like, like even in I, the I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's all right. Like even yeah. in the summertime, though, we ended that issue 25 where they're like the the Black Dawn arc just ended, and we had a lot of fill in writers who had to come yeah. in over the summer. Besides for like that two part like road trip story, which just yeah. came in, and like I was so excited to get uh, Tomasi and uh, Gleason back. And I'm like, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> well, yeah, this wait, leads that, 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 into – this leads in good to Reggie's pick. Reggie, what is your pick? Oh, it's uh, Peter Tomasi. Yeah, Shout he, out to Tomasi Gleason. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't disagree with anything Eric says, though. But I kind of picked him – instead of picking the, the guy – I mean, Dad Amnett would be on that list, too, on the short list. I mean, these are – the names, the n- same names that we're talking about, except I didn't have Kyle Higgins on mine, I have to admit, but okay, yeah. Gene Luen Yang, and these same names were coming up in my mind. I picked Tomasi, though, because, like I say, he didn't just ride that, you know, I, I feel like sometimes he can get really good issues, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean? he's yeah. a great you writer. Never, oh, I, I never, think he's probably really in the top five writers. From Dan Abbott. At no point reading Aquaman am I like, holy shit! I'm yeah, like, this is terrible. That, that was, you great, know what I mean? That terrible. was a cool book. It was good. I never really feel like the highs and the lows. No. Tomasi didn't write an issue like those two, uh, the, the, you know, American well, issues. Uh, yeah. Even, even with that, though, like the whole, the stories that they're writing, like, uh, Tomasi, I say they, but when the stories that Tomasi's writing and like Superman, it's the thing that actually, it gets me most excited. Like he's taking yeah. these big ideas and taking these chances. Yeah. Superman Reborn was weird, but like, you know, it was something that needed Must to be, be done, but like Superman Reborn. When I see the arcs, like, and the ideas for these initial, like, concepts for the arc, like the first issue or even the solicits come out, I get more excited for Tomasi's stories than anybody else's. Yeah. I, I, he's, a, he's one of my top five writers at DC and in comics in general. I really like him. It's just that this year, there just was a couple lows that kind of took me away from that. But I asked Wrong Turn what he would pick, and he said, Like American Sweetheart, I like Tomasi Ziskin. Yeah, he likes Tomasi Ziskin. He says, uh, The listeners picked somebody that we did not. And the listeners picked, and a good pick, Scott Snyder, uh, and was very close. The next pick was Tomasi, and Gene Luan Yang, and Priest, Christopher Priest, are, were all tied for second. But yeah, Scott Snyder, again, the problem is I think that people forget All-Star Batman was still going yeah. on and ending right. in 2017. And did. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That That's the problem, I think. And because of that – Although he, I wouldn't have picked him either, but he, no, you know, I did Actually, he, he is probably second with Tomasi, with, with me, because I really did enjoy the end of All-Star Batman. And it's weird that yeah. to me – 
if I well, pick Scott that Snyder, shit earlier yeah, yeah. But that, I'm saying happen. if I pick Scott Snyder, it would be mainly for the end of All Star Batman, not metal as much. I would have picked him more for All Star Batman, uh, but in the end, I, I again I went with Kyle Higgins. But that is the uh, listener pick of Writer of the Year was Scott Snyder. So we're gonna move on now to Book of the Year, and we're gonna start with Reggie. Reggie. And uh, I think people might be able to guess this that I picked what I thought this time was the most consistent book of the year, even though the last three issues weren't the best, and especially number 17 was truly a poor issue. Something There's a story in there, because remember that was the one that looked like it was yeah. drawn in the dark? Uh, yes. We're talking about New Superman by Gene and Yang. I think that's the most consistent book uh, in Rebirth. I think that it can hit those highs where it gets you really excited Rarely does it hit those lows where it disappoints you, at least not in uh, so much in 2017, we'll say. But uh, I think it's, I think it's a great book, and I think everyone should give it a look. I uh, unfortunately I can't say it ended strongly. That would yeah. be my my biggest misgiving. But the almost the whole ride on the way there. There's so much great stuff. The majority of 2017 was all new Superman in your mind. Yes. It really was. You know, it, it's it, most of it was really uh, uh, really fun, and I found myself like. Actually, actually, uh, you know, if you remember to do a little back, Jim was on the trolley on this book right away. I think yep. uh, Eric, Eric and I, we were kind of lukewarm about it, and I probably would not have gone back to read it if I didn't start reviewing it. Yeah, uh, I, I think I read—I don't even think I read the whole of first talk, but I was back on by five or six, and uh, I'm really glad I did. Uh, you know what I mean? I really wouldn't have—I wouldn't have looked at this otherwise. But I think it's been a good thing, and I—I've gone out and gotten the trades. I like it that much, folks. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really good. It really is, and I, I like to think that we were one of the first that kind of jumped on it and really have yeah. kind of like I said, it's kind of pretentious to say that we championed the book, yeah. but really, we, but we we really did because we thought that it was, and we thought that not a lot of people were giving it any sort of chance and i, I still yeah. we see it eric and me see it because we do go to the facebook thing where dc goes each week or you know each week but each time an issue comes out and has their little thing with hey here's what's coming out this here. week and they put I the cover the they put a little solicit <laughs> and to this day this week i bet you could go on there now and people would be like that's not my end and it gets worse i'm not going to be a, yeah, you know completely piece of shit like that yeah, oh, chinese ripoff and then it I gets mean, worse and worse I, I, they I, just... i've seen those comments i mean you know the racist comments then if, if that's really your feeling then there's no hope yeah. for no nobody at, why even the, pe- why the people that say that it's just a chinese ripoff superman or I'm like, you really gotta, you gotta read it. Yeah, it's not you have to give it a chance. It's, it's a much more developed character. And that yeah. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. The whole yeah. key aspect of him unlocking his powers was, was really cool. a compelling thing while the character grows. I'm just telling you, it's good comics, folks. I, so, I just say that, that when I read the regular Superman book, I say, this is just a knockoff of that Chinese <laughs> Superman. That's what I'm saying. No, I just, it, you gotta read it. If you haven't read it and this, you, you know, even there, there'll be a chance that some people will listen to this and have never listened to our podcast or whatever. And if you don't read it and you've been putting it off like, oh, it's a ripoff, it's a ripoff. It, it, it's not a gimmick. The, the whole Superman oh. thing, the concept may have been to, hey, we want to pull these people in with using the Superman deal, but it, it is not like that. It doesn't come off, it doesn't come off as Gene Luen Yang 
trying to fool people into reading this book. Once you start reading and start from the beginning, uh, you definitely get the idea that these are fleshed out characters. They're, they're not caricatures yeah. trying to do things. He has a plan. Things. He, he now, has a my, story to tell. My issue before it, the know. next, it's Eric's the next deal, but before we go, the reason that I couldn't give New Superman the deal is kind of what you mentioned before. I was on the trolley right away, and to <laughs> me, my favorite issues actually were from 2016, and I didn't give a book of the year then. So it was kind of a weird thing where I was thinking to myself, I really – because the New Superman up until today was actually my pick. But again, I started thinking more about it, and I thought about how it ended, the funky ending and things like mm-hmm. that, and also thinking my favorite arc is the first six issues, which were before and even the couple after that. You know what I mean? That, But mm-hmm. it was more 2016. The, the so second arc is strong too. It is. But the first arc is the best. Yeah, I the love the first arc. So I was like, well, I, I really like that and whatever. But Eric, what is your book of the, book of the year? Mm-hmm. My book of the year is something I actually had to struggle with too, like you know my writer of the year Dan Amnett. But like I, as much uh, flack as I gave Peter J. Tomasi with like the stories that we're getting, Superman and Rebirth has become one of my favorite books that I do look forward to each and every week that it comes out because mm-hmm. I know that it's going to be telling the biggest stories that you know we have in the DC comics right now. Besides for, like yeah. Batman, which even that it's not telling big stories. Superman though, like the whole we're getting back to Imperius Lex, the whole Dark Side War aftermath. I look forward to these big stories, and I was never a Superman fan really growing up. And even in the New 52, I was not a fan of the character. For whatever reason, when Rebirth hit and we have all these, like, you know, the pre-Flashpoint Superman and then, like, you know, the New 52 Superman and then Reborn hitting. Yes, Reborn didn't make sense as a whole. I like what they're doing with the character, though. And the, every time the outcome it comes out, was was good, even though exactly. I, don't know, I couldn't tell you how we got there, but the no. outcome was good. And yeah. I'm sorry, I look forward to Superman more than any other book that DC puts out because while it doesn't always hit, I know that I'm going to get one of the most interesting arcs that DC is putting out with any of their comics. Must be book. Superman Reborn. That is true. Wrong turn. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that book. My book of the year. It's weird. Again, I sat there and I struggled, and I really did. I struggled with what I was going to pick because a lot of the books that I like and actually love, there there haven't been a lot of issues. And before I say what my my pick was, my one idea was it was going to be Batman White Knight. And the problem is, is we just had the fourth issue. The problem is that was in 2018. So we we have an eight-issue series where we only got three issues, and to me, it's hard. But the, the problem being is by the time we get to next year, I have a feeling that I'm going to kind of forget and whatever, but I do love that book. But because of that, my pick's even more strange because I'm <laughs> picking Batman Creature of the Night, which I love, and in the end, there's only been two issues. There's not going to be yeah. that many more. The thing is about it, though, is that for any book that I sat and read – And just loved where the point of the whole deal, you hear us talk about books each and every week and you hear the frustration that we have and we hear, you know, us just, it's not even frustration. I talked about in my other comic podcast that I have at the beginning, I talked about it's not even books that I don't like or whatever, but there's some books like you get, and even Eric said like Superman, he likes it. He's really liking it. 
the fact that you get it twice a, a month sometimes, it's like getting beat up. Something. Even when you enjoy it, it just – all of a sudden it just keeps coming. Like, oh, we got Superman again. I, I say it when we get the issues in, the review copies, and I say to Eric, like, or we even go through our list on that Fresh Comics app to talk about what we have to talk about this week. There are times when we are like, oh, we have this, this, and this, and we just like, oh, my, that's up again and things like that where – Batman Creature in the Night, even though there's two issues, that first issue completely blew me away. It, it yeah. blew me away. And then, unlike a lot of other things in my life where I am just set up for a big disappointment, the second issue, to me, might have even been better, if not just the same. And it, it, it blew my mind, and to the point where it's one of the few issues or books that I can't wait to this next issue. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I can't wait till we get issue number three because I loved it so much. It's a full setup, and oh, uh, I'm gonna uh, issue three's been delayed, Jim. Oh well, like well there you go. Oh no, well I'm gonna keep waiting. But no, and even then, I'm gonna uh, if somebody starts complaining, I talked to Jason on uh, Twitter and asked him because he likes it as well. He reviews it as well, and I asked him, "Hey, is there any? Can you convince me why I should be able to pick this?" And he's like, "Well, just go with what you love." So I'm gonna, but also that's it's the thing dubbed. is though, Creature of the Night number three has been delayed till yeah. uh, February 28th. Yeah, so we're gonna have yeah. to wait, but I can't wait. And also, you have to. I'm gonna. I'm trying to defend that I picked a, a book that only has two issues. It is oversized, so it kind of is four issues kind of. <laughs> you are so really I'll say that to make this but no I, I love it and it's one of the few books that I can say that I just I love every second of it and it, it has me guessing and thinking and up until this point it has not disappointed me one bit it, it's just gotten better and better so I'm going to go with that I am going to tell the you Doom Patrol curse you know last year I, I, I said know. that issue of Doom Patrol was, was my favorite of the year and then the and then it was delayed out of started yeah. coming in boy rolling in thick and again that it's another because Kurt Busiek is the writer of that obviously and he it actually got me more interested in everything he did as well i mean this book yeah. has actually impressed me i think more than almost any other book that i've read uh since we started the site and the podcast that's how much i like this book and, and stress it, it just gets me going what is that astro thing he does that thing's pretty cool yeah, astro city he was the astro one who created city, that I yeah like that. that's a that's big deal he had to run on batman so yeah you, you have all that i went back and looked at a Good bunch of things Avengers with george yep. Perez. yeah yeah. Superman's secret identity. So yeah, yeah, he has all that. It's he's awesome. But yeah, uh, I will tell you the listener picks of the book of the year. I will tell you that a couple people picked Batman Creature of the Night. There's not many. I think that a lot of people are like I can't give a, a thing that only had two issues. But the winner is New Superman. The listeners pick New Superman. I do Hooray! think that I do I think that that is influenced by. A lot of people that listen to the podcast were of like mind, and yes. it they and maybe I, I they, really think we have to have a real like a real tight bunch of people like New Superman because yeah. it seems like uh, you don't see that elsewhere on the internet. A bunch of well, people and, like and here, uh, on to talk about it. This is the thing: is I, I just for people who may have listened a couple times and like, oh, I hate these guys; they're negative or whatever. That's not always the case. We love. Good books, and this is a book that I hope that we have, you know, convinced people to at least give it a shot. And because they have, it won. It, it won barely, I'll tell you, and uh, it won very barely over Batman White Knight, 
which is another book that, uh, like I said, I love. Two and also, actually, it was it was New Superman, and then right behind it was a tie, three-way tie, Batman, White Knight, Dark Knight's Metal, and Deathstroke. And, uh, you know, and then you had, like, Superman. You did have a lot of votes for Batman, then Batman, Creature of the Night. And then, it, you know, it goes down from there. Uh, somebody did vote for Blue Beetle. I will tell you Crazy. the amount sure. of people who voted to have one person vote for Blue Beetle is so hilarious to me. But Every yeah, character is yeah. somebody's favorite. Yeah, it is. Say. And uh, but yeah, I knew Superman. I could not. I can't say anything bad about it. any of those books that were. And Deathstroke was almost my book of the year. It's yeah. just that again, I really like it. It just never hits. It's almost like a, the Dan Abnett deal where I like it, but I never. Fully, there's a couple issues. Yeah, I love, but as a series, I like it a lot. Uh, it but yeah, that creature of the night, I love. That's had Deathstroke's had a great comeback. I think. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it well, started, and I and I was like, ah, screw this. And then you started, started getting good. I've been reading it. Yeah. I don't know now for six months or more, maybe. Uh, it's, and it's, it's a good. good book. It's solid it's consistently book. solid. That's that's what it is. But we're gonna move on now to best issue of the year, and we're gonna start with Eric. Eric. What is your best issue of the year? My best issue of the year might be one of those things like whatever like is the the brightest in my mind because we've done a lot of issues over this past 2017. Yeah. And but the one that really caught me by surprise because of, like it, outside of the cat out of the bag, it's Creature of the Night number two because yeah. Creature of the Night number one came out and I thought it was an okay story. I talked to you. I liked it more, but when Creature of the Night number two came out December 27th, right at the fucking end, end of yeah. the goddamn deal. <laughs> yeah, tell me. Uh, I'm telling you, it put me over the top where, like, Jim, I need to read the next issue. Like, any of the others, like, if we stop today doing anything, I'll probably stop reading comics yeah. for a good while to give myself a rest. But I still need to know what happens at the end of Creature of the Night, so I will continue reading that yeah. each and every time it comes out. It's just Creature of the Night 2 was a very is powerful this, is issue. Is this you saying that you're quitting? Yes. Yes, yes it I, is. We are, he we are is now announcing. Yes, we're quitting now. It's done. This is it. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. It's See you funny. never. What's that? See, see you never. never. Oh, see you never. I thought you said see you never. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, my pick is Batman Creature of the Night number one. And that was basically two, the because, yeah, the duo. The yeah. duo. That's, again, that's why it's my book of the year. I, I'm, I still think, I, I still I feel like I have to fight. I feel like I'm being shunted over here. Like, I don't like it. I love the book. I think it's yeah. incredible. Love the art. I love the writing, yeah. the whole idea of it. You couldn't justify yourself to give the freaking thing for two issues. <laughs> yeah, and it's John Paul <laughs> Leone really is the artist. Is, you know? And also, I got to be honest, even though, even though my pick is not a, uh, and we'll get to it in a, in a minute. I'm not trying to cut you off, but uh, yeah, no. Even, even though it's not a DCU book, like Creature of the Night is clearly meant to be a trade. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it is. It's coming out in issues for, I guess, probably to get people money in people's pockets faster. But yeah. that's going to be a nice trade, and it's going to be a nice book that you're going to want to read. I think more, you know, yeah. again and again. Well, again, uh, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I told Eric basically where a lot of the people, uh, even expected us, but a lot of other podcasts I've heard where they do these end of year things, they do like, uh, most overrated book or shitty book of the year. And I, I hate to do that. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think that end of year things like this should be negative at all. So it's weird that I'm saying this because I do, I'm going to throw a little shade, but mm. I think that number one, Batman creature of the night and Batman white knight. I love. I love both of those books, and I think that why I really, really went to Batman Creature of the Night is how much I'm not enjoying Batman as oh, a definitely. regular book. I'm, I need We're a good Batman, Batman book. Starved, you know? yeah. we need, we, I, I need a good Batman book, and then when I read that and White Knight, 
Uh, and and really one of my favorite moments of the whole year, uh, not a biggest moment, but just a personal favorite moment is actually watching Eric actually get in, involved and get actually really yeah. liking White Knight because he did not like that first issue. And Sean Murphy really, really pulled it together and started and writing his over. own story. It just we didn't have a lot of issues, but – it just shows you, and and really, also my writer of the year, Kyle Higgins, goes with the Nightwing New Order. It's my favorite character, and I'm not really getting my favorite character in the regular Nightwing monthly book or bi monthly. Why you want that? Yeah. So I I picked that. So a lot of I'm, these I'm picks. I'm glad though that they're doing that. That it's almost like you know you're getting a little another flavor at the buffet. Well, you, you know, you'll you can... hear uh, even when we go to later with biggest moments and things like that. When we go and read some of the listener things, a lot of people are kind of. Both happy, but also a little sad that most of their big books or favorite books are miniseries now and not yeah, the yeah. main monthly books. And it, it just, it's a very odd thing for me to say that my Batman book right now is Batman Creature of the Night or White Knight right. to a freaking, you know, not even in this continuity. They're, they're alternate continuity. So it's crazy. They're all versions and yet they're my yeah. favorites. And, uh, especially we don't even know if Batman's even in Creature of the Night. That's the craziest no. thing. Yeah. So sure, really yeah, something that resembles was a Batman. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the craziest thing. But Batman, that is right. that is my you know best issue, and it's number one because it just blew my mind. And really, it came out. I had to review it. I'll tell you when I have to review a book, and it's an oversized book. I groan a little because now I have to work a little harder, and I get yeah. upset. And I remember this happening, and then I read it. I'm like, God, thank God that I have this book. I I am excited about a book, and it, uh, unfortunately, that is few and far between. But we're going to go to Reggie's, and I see Reggie's pick now, and it's a, it's an issue I forgot about, and I didn't want to change my pick, but boy, yeah, people will be surprised this if they didn't hear it because yeah, it is such is... a good issue, and me and Reggie talked about it, but we only talked about it as a Patreon-exclusive bonus spotlight, oh, so a lot of people may not have heard us talk about this. If you want to, it's still out there. You can go to patreon.com slash weirdscience. There you go. A, li- a little uh, commercial there. But it was an awesome issue. What is it, Reggie? Uh, yeah, you and I, we reviewed all these crossovers, uh, the DC, Hanna-Bar- or no, Looney Tunes crossovers. Yeah, the Looney Tunes, yep. Uh, and, but this one was far and away the standout. Uh, it was you know, great. Best issue. Uh, Batman Elmer Fudd number one by Tom King and Lee Weeks. And yeah. let me tell you, this probably, like you said, you know, you're, you're enjoying Batman Creature of the Night. Because you're in in lack of a Batman book, yeah, I, I might have enjoyed this more because I hate his work on Batman currently. Yeah, Although I also hated his Commandy issue, Tom King. I mean, oh, yeah, I Lee Weeks too. always do great. So yeah, but this this was it really was clever. And I remember I remember you and I talking about it, and we were kind of going through all these books. Remember, we were kind of yeah. lukewarm about them. Oh yeah, we, yeah, kind of even even leaning Wonder Woman and Taz and that yeah, sort that, of deal. We were like this the nonsense, yeah. or you know, the Bugs Bunny and the Legion was just like. Had the same story twice. Remember, Robo, it was, yeah, Wiley yeah it was the same. It was the yeah, same. Yeah, that that, story. I, that was what I think we hated the most. The Wiley, yeah, Wiley yeah that was one. nonsense. But this one is a singular issue that I think people should yeah. go out and try to get. It really is very clever. It's really enjoyable. It's a it's a reinvention of the Looney Tunes characters that isn't stupid the way the other comics no. were. <laughs> it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of and, it. And, see, and like, I remember wanting to hate it. At conventions too. Yeah. Uh, by then we were already getting kind of sour. Yeah. On I was so was soured with Compton yeah. and these Looney Tunes that I went in fully expecting to hate it. This was which, the last one too, right? It was, like, yeah. Five, it was so it was good. 
It Eric really still good. hasn't read it. It's so and good. The thing is, I haven't read it, and because I, I pretty much boycotted all the Looney Tunes yeah, and Hanna yeah. Barbera stuff that we get, but I, I know haven't read it, and I probably say. won't now because Tom King has put this in yeah. Batman continuity. Now, and I'm like, how dare you? Now, with that, I, just to prove I, that uh, you know I don't hate everything, uh, my second pick for best issue of, of the year is Batman Annual number two. That that got very close to being my best issue of the year. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. I said on the podcast that if I was going to go as a guy who doesn't care about continuity and whatnot, I couldn't see anything wrong with it and might have given it a 10 out of 10. That's how much I like that issue. Uh, but yeah, that Batman Elmer Fudd number one is great. And if you, if you haven't read it and you were turned off by those Looney Tunes deal – I, I wouldn't even say wait for any sort of trade. Just no. find that issue digitally if you have yeah, to. The, buy the trade's there, gonna buy have all them, so don't, don't yeah, get don't, that. Don't, don't get bother this with one that. Issue. But this one issue, it is, <laughs> it is so so good. But we're gonna move on. We I didn't have that as a listener pick, but the next one uh, we're gonna have biggest moment of the year. We're gonna start with me, and this is the thing I'm gonna tell you. The biggest moment does not have to mean the best, and I don't think this was the best, but I do think it was the biggest, and it is the question and answer uh, of Batman uh, and Selina, the will you marry me from mm-hmm. Batman number 24 and then going back to uh, uh, issue number 32 when she makes him say it again. And then she says yes, and I do think that was one of the biggest moments of the year. Again, I still – I can't even say I don't like it. It's just I have to see what goes on. If we go with this for it, two years – It was years definitely and, teased out for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it was. Jokes and I mean, riddles see, did. Too bad was, that yeah. the jokes and riddles sucked, but it was – Yeah, it yeah, it drove me nuts. <laughs> it basically, she – at the end of issue 32, then in jokes and riddles, she said, oh, can I wake up now and ask me again because I forgot what the hell you told me because of all this boring shit. And then Tom <laughs> King makes it – that she even jokes about it later on the double date. Yeah. That she's like, oh, he told me, don't even get me started about this Kite Man story or whatever, which infi- people love that and infuriated me. But yeah, oh, no. I think that that was one of, if not the biggest moment of the year. Reggie, what is your biggest moment? Uh, just like you, this wasn't necessarily my favorite moment, but I did think it had to be the biggest one. That would be the end of the button. That was the, those Batman Flash crossovers in May, I want to say, right, yeah. or April. I think it was uh, April. Uh, the biggest, the, the big moment being at the fourth one, the Flash number 22, which I think was written by Josh Williamson, where Thomas Wayne tells Bruce to hang yeah. up being the bat, and Dr. Manhattan picks up the smiley face button, and then the, something with the, with, uh, Barry Allen and Jay Garrick that was much stupider. But the main yeah, thing that, being yeah. the Thomas Wayne telling Bruce to hang up the, uh, being Batman. And for like four issues, it he was actually looked, part yeah. of the Batman book. Yeah, kind of seemed to bring it up. Anymore. He's promised that he's going to get back to that. The only thing that drove me nuts is the issue before the button. Pretty much, Bruce told his mom that he wasn't going to. He was going to continue being Batman uh, for himself and everybody he saves, and that he was yeah. finally getting over the whole parent thing and stuff like that. So that did drive me nuts. But like you said, the the thing was Joshua Williamson wrote that last issue. It was supposed to be. Tom King wrote it, but instead Joshua Williamson wrote it. So who knows if it was changed and maybe I, – I don't know. There was never an explanation that I saw of why Tom King didn't write that Batman issue at the end of Button, though he read the he wrote the first issue of Batman in the Button. And it seemed like maybe – I don't know. He maybe been, he, he didn't like the way – Or Batman maybe that or maybe time. he didn't like the way it was going and kind maybe. of bailed on it. I don't know. I never really saw anything about that. But what is your biggest moment, Eric? 
My biggest moment, I want to bring up a few things here, because when we started Rebirth and we got the original Wally West coming back and the whole idea that time has been manipulated, 10 years have been taken out, and that explains the whole new 52 and everything like that, and the whole promise of Rebirth itself, getting back to the hope and legacy, that which in our minds would mean, like, you know, you get the JSA back and all this other great stuff, you know, we are bringing back the legacy of DC Comics. The biggest moment in my mind, though, was recently in uh, in Tim Drake of Tomorrow bringing up Connor Kent and his younger self not knowing who he was, which is a big deal because ever since the new 52 ended we have not seen like you know bart allen cassie sandsmark or connor kent and the whole idea that that is for a reason like no. connor kent does not exist in the minds of tim drake or anybody else it seems like that was a huge revelation to me and out of everything that we've been getting recently especially in 2017 that was one of those things like that rebirth moment like oh my god it all makes sense now things are culminating to, to something I just need to know what that is. Connor Kent being a race from continuity, that's a big deal in my mind, and I want to see where that goes. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, was that the future Tim Drake, or was that Savior, Eric? Was, that was Savior, the same thing. Tim savior. Drake tomorrow and Savior. Yes, and Savior. I was going to hit the must-be Superman Reborn, but we're going to have to see what's going on. It now, I did have so. this I did have this biggest moment as a write-in of the uh, the poll, and the listeners did write, and I'm going to read these, Uh uh, Mr. Oz is revealed to be Jarrell. Actually, was two right away. Uh, the arrival of Doomsday Clock one. Although I do think it's responsible for a lot of problems with DC's other books. Wrong turn soundboard as one of the biggest moments of the year. Reverse See, Flash yeah. ripping Thomas Wayne's letter to Bruce from Flashpoint, which was right. that was big. That that was a really big moment. Uh, somebody said none. It was a disappointing year. Another one. Right. Jay Garrick's Flash appearing in the Speed Force to give the Flash and Batman a helpful push. To escape the speed force during the button. Mr. Terrific's return to DC proper in the Dark Knight's metal tie-in issue. And I'll say, that was almost one of mine. I, I was talking to Eric about it. Just him mentioning Earth 2 and, and jumping back and forth was huge. Uh, a big moment of the year, somebody wrote, Tom King forgot how to write. Uh, a really, I really loved Old Lady Selina and Old Man Bruce in the annual issue. Very sad. Uh, yeah. Superman Reborn, since we don't even really know what is uh, this mess of the DCU. Uh, new Rorschach, which is very big. Uh, somebody threw out a shout out to us. The Patreon account and a million shows added to the roster. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis signing exclusive to DC to fuck up DC Comics, as you know, it for multiple years. That sounds a lot like uh, Brandon might have uh, mm-hmm. wrote that one. The anticipation yeah. for Doomsday Clock. New Superman miraculously not getting canceled. Uh, the Wonder Woman film. Batman main title sales drop below 100,000. Eric wow. Shea's birthday. Brian yeah. Michael Bendis acquisition. <laughs> the biggest moment was Bruce Wayne meeting Flashpoint Thomas Wayne. Somebody said the button, the return of Jor-El. Uh, beginning of Metal One when Mongol was fighting the Justice League. Batman of Tomorrow mentioning Connor. Paves the way for his return. Seems small, Oof. but was huge, at least for Connor Kent fans. So Eric That's is right. there. Baby Darkseid showing up in metal, which was funny. The death of Batman and Batman Annual Number 2. The wrong turn oath. Christopher Priest jumping on Justice League and taking the book in a whole new direction. Uh, must be Superman Reborn. The first <laughs> issue of Doomsday Clock revealing Osmond Deus is alive fighting cancer and Rorschach has been replaced. 
when Bizarro died and Jason and Artemis mourned for him with Pup Pup, the Bat-Cat engagement, which I said, Batman's response of Bane, I'm still here, the shock and all over Batman White Knight making me give a fuck about Harley Quinn. Uh, and the last one here has to be Superman Reborn for me. Although it was a bit contrived, I love the flashback spread with all the soups history melded together. Just stood good. out for me. Actually, no, I that, I didn't know what that means. I do have a couple others. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to miss some people. You also have uh, Jarella's Mr. Oz reveal again. Bizarro beating up Grundy while uh, shouting out Cinnamon Grumby. Uh, DCEU, great Wonder Woman film debut, DC Comics, Damien behind the wheel of a giant truck, transporting mud-faced Batman away from the Justice League. Ladies, Sel- this is just a Tuesday. I'm already winning. Yeah, yeah. Selena accepting Batman's proposal, Doomsday Clock, and Priest replacing Hitch on Justice League. Brian Hitch himself is the next one. Jim and Eric appearing in Green Arrow. Miniseries overtaking ongoings in quality. The rebirth of Smart Bizarro. Brian Michael Bendis signing with DC. Must be Superman Reborn. Dark Knights enter Earth in metal. Weird science making it into comics. It kept me buying Green Arrow and Trinity when I didn't want to. Meeting Red Reggie in England, I think the, I didn't know that the queen, I didn't know the queen was involved. And, uh, Bruce asking Selena to marry him. So those were some pretty good responses, some of what we said. Uh, now the next thing is just fully the, uh, users, but I'll ask you, do you have any thoughts about what you want from 2018? Because I will start by just saying I want better books. I I want some good books. I know I, I would say, a JSA book or a Shazam book, stuff that we've said before. I actually want to get more excited about the books we're already writing. And because of that, not that I want anybody fired or whatever, I actually want some creative team changes. Me and Eric were talking that at this point with all these books, with a lot of the bi-monthly books hitting you know, issue 38 or whatever, we're getting close to the amount of issues of the whole New 52. And the New 52 definitely had a a lot of creative team changes. And when you had those, it did invigorate – you know reinvigorate some of those books i mean one of the big things is to me i could care less about green arrow and then uh what's his name jeff lemire and uh, andrea sorrentino jumped on it and it became one of my favorite books and i really think that some of these books have gotten a little stale and need some creative team changes but anything that you guys are looking forward to in 2018 uh you know i'd like the same kind of thing i'd like to see uh better books and i think the way that we can all do that that all the books can start to achieve betterness right away yeah. is if they stop fucking writing six issues every time for every story arc. Yeah, you I know, know i hate you, that that's a big thing i think you. it's killing the books it's ruining so many stories i think they got to come up with another like mathematical equation you know do a three two and a one or you know one one Whatever you yeah, want to do. It's funny two because a, you can two, do a, you, you can do write, two threes and put that in a six track. issue arcs are bloated and they're driving me nuts. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Eric? For me, I, I'm with you, Jim. Where I just want to be excited about these books again. I want higher quality in the stuff yeah. we're getting. I want a tighter continuity and have everything make sense by the end of this year. You know, Doomsday Clock should be over at this point, I, I yeah. believe. And so, like with that resolved, I really want to see everything that we are promised for Rebirth, the legacy, and hope to actually be something that matters and just not. Sorry, this is like the darkest time in fucking DC's to t- like line in my life. I think at this point, for all the hope and legacy that they promised us, it's yeah. weird to me. I just want the books over. Like, I want next year when we do the greatest 2018. I want it to be a hard choice where I was I have just so many say, it's hard to pick. Yeah, That's I'm, all I'm I really telling want. you. 
I want us next year doing this to actually be – now, number one, I would love to say that I would love all three of us to be uh, all on board like Doomsday Clock. But I, I want to actually, like you said, I'd rather have it be a fight and I'd rather be like I like Doomsday Clock. You like book A. Reggie likes book C. And we actually can argue Yeah, I want us to be in a say, knockdown. Oh, yeah. That's what I want. I want to have us just screaming. furious at, at each other. Because, but then at the end saying, you know what, all three are great. I'd love to yeah. have that. I, that would be awesome. But this is what the listeners said to end the podcast. More stories based around the Daily Planet and its characters. The Terrifics to be uh, generally virile, word of mouth, brilliant, doomsday clock, not to fuck up everything, and a decent LSH book. New creative team on Batman, a new writer on Batwoman. Finally, something big happening in the DC universe. Return of the Legion of Superheroes and the Justice Society of America. For the Terrifics to be successful and propel Mr. Terrific in the realm of popular A-list characters, also to have milestone characters return and successfully be folded in the DC universe. And whoever wrote that, I don't know that you're actually going to get that because they're going to have a whole milestone imprint. But yeah. it could go back and forth. Steve Orlando signing exclusive with Marvel. That's the next one. Wrap up storylines that began at the beginning of Rebirth for each ongoing title. And that is a huge thing that we kind of that's that's part of the treading water, though, that I am sick of. Uh, yeah. You have I want Kurt or a priest on Batman and give me some awesome stories. I also want some Joker. Lastly, I don't want Montoya. Give me Vic Sage conspiracy <laughs> miniseries for Doomsday Clock to knock my socks off. Better books. Batman to make sense again, for Steve Orlando and Brian Hitch to get better at creating and writing stories, to have Tom King just shut the fuck up, also have Tom King only write for Suicide Squad, uh, Bendis to do something awesome, new writers on Flash and Batman, Doomsday Clock to be amazing, better comics from DC, JSA by anyone but Steve Orlando, Eric Shea to visit his mama, Joelle oh. Jones to take over the Batgirl title, write it, and be the artist, I want Kurt Busiak to be announced as writing an ongoing series, I'd go with that, a good teen title. Titans book, Aquaman and Mera to be away from Atlantis and all the Atlantean shite that goes with it and to do something, uh, do some superheroing and Jeff Parker back on something, preferably Aquaman. I, I, I love Jeff Parker, so maybe he will. Uh, a good Justice League book, Doomsday Clock to really deliver and Tom King to get off Batman, Ben Percy off Teen Titans. Everybody's going negative yeah. for every writer to stop trying to be the smartest every person in the room. Writer off every book. And just tell a goddamn good story that a reader can follow and as a bonus to Stop expecting everyone to read between the lines. More wrong turn. Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, book two. I'm wondering who put that, Luke. Shazam, please Shazam. A less cramped Green Lantern core book, which that's a very good idea. A damn yep. Justice Society of America book to finally get here. Rise of the Seven Seas by Jeff Johns, Eric. What's we were talking about that the other day, that we were waiting for this book. Uh, Justice oh, no, saying, League. What's your book of the year? Like, what's Rise of the Seven Rise Seas? Rise of the Seven Seas. Seas. That'd be awesome. A uh, Justice League arc that averages 8 out of 10. A true Batman detective story. And Connor Kent back in the DCU. A Swamp Oops. Thing ongoing. Reggie, did you vote? Is that yours? Uh, Tom nope. King off Maybe Batman ASAP. He is terrible. The book has become a cliched, ridden, contradictory joke. Tom King leaving Batman and a new good writer. Satana, a new wave of books. Kyle Higgins back on Nightwing, a Batman Catwoman wedding. Strong finishes on Doomsday Clock and Metal, new books, i.e. Shazam JSA. More Brian Hitch. 
Wrong Turn Reviews, Shazam, Rebirth 2, Better Storylines but with Smaller Stories. That sounds like Reggie. One Completely Satisfying Story Arc, a JSA or JLA book by Brian Michael Bendis or Steve Orlando to Fall Down the Well. Tom King Off Batman, A Good Conclusion to Metal and Doomsday Clock and No More by Monthly's new reading team, new writing team on Batgirl, Birds of Prey, The End of Double Shipping, Meeting Jim and Eric in America, and finally, a JSA book, and that is all. Well, I know of one of those writers. that won't happen. Yeah, really, Green Lantern, <laughs> uh, Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner book two. That's right. No. Yes, but yeah, that that is the end. And yeah, uh, sorry for some people that it got negative there, but that's people are angry and people yeah. want better books. So hopefully, people have a right to be. Hopefully yep. that happens. And like I said, hopefully we cross our fingers and say that next year we are fighting between ten to twelve books being the book of the year and fifteen writers as Dude, writer of the year and stuff like. That. That'd be awesome. I, I really want that. It, it Again, we sit there and it would only make our lives that much happier. It, it really would. I, I know that people listen and hear we, us lose our minds. I, I'd rather love a book than hate it. So hopefully that'll happen. Any last words for either of you before we say goodbye? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Nobody, ha- Nobody has some parting words. I don't so think I have say. any amazing Thanks, last everyone. Words. I'll so say thank some you, last everyone, words. And, thanks, uh, everyone. Have a terrific year. Yes. And, uh, yes, thanks, everyone. Uh, if you haven't listened to our main podcast, that comes out every Sunday night. It's a long one. It's six to eight hours now, uh, usually. And that just shows you that we could do, go up to 12. Who knows? It can. We do love the, we do love DC Comics. And that's why we do it. We do a lot of podcasting. Uh, also over on our Patreon account, if you want to go over there, we have a lot of shows each week on the Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash weird science. Uh, you can go over there and listen to such things as the weekly spotlight that we have. The Patreon only spotlight that is a double header picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop. But plenty of other shows as well, talking about comics, pop culture stuff, sports, everything. So, yeah, go and check us out. And that's about all I'll say for tonight. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And what do we say at the end of a spotlight, Eric? Turn that spotlight off. Oh, Eric.